Welcome to NFT Sundays, a weekly conversation around art and technology, brought to you by Dementi and the Museum of Crypto Art. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to NFT Sunday, hosted by myself, Colborn Bell of the Museum of Crypto Art and produced by the wonderful team at Dementi. Uh, we are here today with the lovely Calgary-based artist, Clara Volstadt. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just uh, let's jump right in. You know, I am super eager to just hear, let's call it your origin story, right? The, the, be- <laughs> the beginnings of, um, you know, your entry into the, the crypto art space, the NFT scene, uh, anything you'd like to, to share about you. Um, and we can perhaps then just touch on like the the why of the becoming. Sure. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Um, I started minting, I guess you could say, in November of 2020, and it, it I sort of like was getting just like dipping my toes into it because I didn't like fully understand it. Um, I was brought sort of into the fold, I guess, by John Wolf. He's another Calgary-based artist, and we actually went to school together. So John was sort of like telling me about, like he was doing crypto, I guess, and doing NFTs like super, super early into things, or I guess early in the terms of the last couple years of madness. But he sort of like was showing me some things and showing me sort of his Twitter presence and other things. And I was very curious about it just because I was sort of not really having fun with school anymore. And I was sort of felt very burnt out and tired from this kind of hypercritical atmosphere that art school seems to really have. And it's always, it's very competitive and very, it's almost people trying to just show each other like how you're so much smarter than everybody else. And it's not exactly like a fostering atmosphere. So I was very interested in getting involved with like a different sort of community. And um, I, at around that time, I ended up um, looking into things and seeing sort of how it's originally done just by sort of watching what he was doing. And then I saw a few of the bigger artists like Jason Ebbier and like, like fuck render at the time and sort of just the people who are like, the most prominent, I guess, and you can kind of see what they were doing. And um, one of the first things I did was I actually ended up applying for super rare with some of my like very, very early pieces, which is funny looking back at it because like now that we're in the crypto environment and kind of like in that atmosphere, you, it's sort of, you, I guess you have to have a, a bit of, you know, you have to have a bit of a status almost to get on there. And like, you have to have a bit of a base in terms of like body of work within crypto and sort of seems like that. Um, but at the time I had no idea. So I applied for super rare in like October of 2020 and was just waiting on them to accept me. I thought that's just how it worked. You know, I didn't know that <laughs> I, could even, I could even do it, <laughs> you know? So um, I was waiting, 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 and um, sort of making art. And I was learning 3D at the time. I was a painter before that. And I ended up min- minting um, one of my first pieces. I think it, well, it was my first piece, which was one of my paintings. It was the last painting I did. 
before moving into 3D, and it's actually owned by the Museum of Crypto Art. Right. Um, and after that, I sort of waited around, was working more, and I didn't feel super comfortable minting a lot of my stuff. I have a couple super early pieces minted on Rarible, but I sort of was more practice-based. And then um, I remember reaching out to... I sort of felt like my tires were spinning and I didn't really like know how to proceed with everything. So I ended up reaching out to another artist I really liked at the time, who was a crypto nature and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to get involved with this. I'm minting and I have no clue what to do. Right. And she ended up linking me up with Kate Kirst, mm. um, who is another trans artist within the crypto sphere. And Kate really like took me under her wing at the time. And um, we did a few, we ended up doing a few collaborations together. And those sort of, I guess, put me on the map, more or less, and um, really kind of gave me an introduction to it. And then I ended up selling my, my, I guess, my second Genesis piece, my Genesis into actually like starting crypto, um, or, or, or beginning in that, to her, which was Achilles, which is um, one of my other really early pieces but i still i still love that one um and then after that i kind of just kept minting one of ones and um building up the fan base that way and then i kept building 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 and alongside this um it was was sort of you know like normal life things were happening as well and um over the course of the summer i i can't remember how many i minted i think i sold 12 pieces or so over the summer 12 one-on-ones and then I moved into um, making 10 of 10 collectible pieces, which I called K-Bots at the time. And um, those did really well too. So I kept, I made about four or five of those and those were really fun because they were just, I wasn't trying to like say anything too insane with them. I wasn't trying to like do these big, huge artist statements alongside them. they were just more of like fun wow. practice pieces for animation and you know, character creation and stuff. And right around that time is when I first started really looking into like surgeries. Um, well, not looking into them, but sort of considering like maybe this can actually turn into being able to afford surgeries. Yeah. So I started pursuing a few surgeons. Um, one was it within Calgary, but he kind of gave me like an initial estimate for how, how much everything was going to cost. And it was going to be like, I think at the time it was 50,000, something like that. So I was sort of brainstorming like, okay, how do I make this amount of money um, doing what I'm doing now? And I thought like, maybe I do fundraiser, maybe I'll do like a charity thing, like um, sell pieces. And that was right around the time that um, profile picture projects were taking off. So I was like, okay, I have this skill set to be able to make all this 3D, 3D work. So I started building a project, a profile picture project. And I ended up um, getting connected with Jen Stein, who's like the centralized dick on. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Yeah. You don't know her? <laughs> no. Oh, you should. Yeah. Arts and Crafts. Um, but she's amazing. And she totally took over the contract side of things. So nice. together, it was just the two of us. We built this whole thing from scratch, this whole project from scratch, and um, ended up releasing it. And we ended up selling out in seven minutes with yeah. no influencer promotion, no nothing, no false promises, just art. 
and it sold out in seven minutes. And that was kind of, I think, where people really started to see like me as an artist, I guess, as a more, I guess, serious artist. And then after that, I sort of took some time off and I was kind of like, um, what, what would you call it? Like conference season. So that was NFPMRC yeah. and then Basel and then Christmas. And then after that, yeah, that kind of leads to where we are now, which is um, I just got accepted to super rare and launched a couple of pieces on there, which is very exciting. There's always like, it's funny. It came full circle coming, like wanting to get on super rare. So there's, I, I love your story and there's so much to unpack here and perhaps Let's start with, um, let's talk about like that, that part of the, the community, perhaps more like the difference of art school, where you might have seen yourself going, how you felt dissatisfied by that, and kind of a, uh, contrast it to what you found and experienced within crypto art. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the biggest difference I found between sort of the more academic art world versus the crypto art world was that just that it's a lot more I don't want to say like positive space but it's a it's not trying to force you into molds as nearly as hard as the academic art world was um I find that they almost value you being as complicated and unapproachable in your work as possible which was a path that I was honestly going down I if you really doom scroll my instagram you can find all these paintings that was just words right and just cryptic messages and that's sort of what i landed on because art school pushed me to that and um i wasn't having a very good time and my future if i stayed in art school sort of felt like maybe i'll go on and do a master's, then maybe after a master's i can join either an art collective or i can become a teacher and it didn't really seem the perfect route for me because i'm very self-directed i like doing what I want to do, you know, and um, it seemed almost like art school creates an artist that only services other art school educated artists or mm. curators. And it didn't really value having artwork that anybody can really enjoy, at least in the department that I was in. And it, it was more so trying to just basically impress curators at like the highest possible level and not giving a crap about anybody else. And the difference that I found within crypto art was that there is art that's definitely very conceptual heavy, but there's also room to play a lot more. And there's a lot more, I guess there's facets of like all types of art within it and they're all celebrated. And um, it allowed me to like have a lot more freedom without feeling like I had anybody to impress. I remember when I first joined crypto, it was very... Um, I still had that in my head that I had to be as smart as possible. I had to prove to everybody how smart I was and everything in order to like get a step ahead. And I found that that was just, it wasn't helping anybody. And it made me look like a dick, you know? So, <laughs> so I sort of let that go. And honestly, it, it, it made me realize in a lot of ways that art school made me not happy because it made me feel like I was never really achieving what I wanted to achieve with my art and saying enough, you know, and not letting my art speak for itself. Yeah. And um, crypto really like opened the doors to me where I can have fun or I can make more serious pieces and it gave me a lot more range where I can play. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on next because, you know, in, 
did you before crypto art experience did you have any experience like in 3d modeling um yeah so i started over the summer of 2020 was sort of when i began 3d right. art i because only to say because in the beginning i knew you mostly as a painter yeah no totally right. um my very like i guess my original form of artistic expression was when I was a kid, I made mods for Oblivion. It was a, it was a video game. Yeah. So I used to make, I guess, like 3D models of swords and armor and stuff and then import them into a game. And that was sort of how I got out my very early artistic expression was just making like cool swords, you know, like most, most little kids do. Um, and that sort of unlocked this world of being being like, okay, maybe I can take this creativity or like I guess video games sort of inspired my very early creativity but yeah I, I think I was three modeling at like 14 13 something like that originally and then um I didn't I put it down for a long time and then picked it up this year yeah Interesting. two years ago and then you know because I find this to be a very common thread right like a lot of people come from like World of Warcraft or Starcraft or Call of Duty yeah. or or in this case Oblivion you know yeah <laughs> and there is a tremendous element of like video game uh like mmorpg like almost like a mindset that is translating into this space where people treat it and play it like that game um definitely do you want to maybe touch on like perhaps similarities because i imagine you were like in forum boards or in chat rooms and <laughs> no it's so true actually I definitely feel that even team like Twitter spaces where everybody's talking about it, it, it feels so much because we're so plugged into the internet. Now we don't even realize we're all just basically talking on like Ventrilo or team speaker, whatever it was at the time. It's like, we don't realize we're basically doing the same thing, except now it's for art and, and, um, you know, real money. It's like back then it's, nobody really had voice calls that often or when it was, it was just in like emergencies or whatever. Um, I mean, phone conferences would happen, but being the, the, I, like the, the experience of like being on a computer and like talking with a bunch of people about like, like plans of action and like building communities, like all through the internet in such a grandiose way was totally intertwined with world of Warcraft, right? Like, yeah. like being in a guild or like making friends through the internet, like spending your whole relationship, you know, just being friends on the internet is, completely mimicked yeah no totally even a lot of right it's like a cooperative mentality it's it's a cooperative totally, yeah. switch to kind of achieve that larger vision and yeah no definitely yeah i i grew up gaming too and i see so much of the similarities and you hear those stories just again and again and again from a lot of people in this community um yeah so i i'd, I'd like to think then maybe we could spend a moment and talk about um perhaps like how your art has transformed like with your own journey through this space, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you look a lot at like identity and the idea of like people becoming and stepping into the metaverse. Uh, and I think I'd like you to talk about it first and then maybe I'll, I'll ask some more questions if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of my arts definitely stems from the online identity experience but also stems from transness i guess in general it has a lot of similarities just between those two 
I feel definitely a very strong sense of people almost creating their own identities through the internet and the ability to, and it's mimicked in video games as well, where people would customize their characters or what, or that sort of thing. But it also happens within the metaverse, right? Because changing your profile changes the way that people perceive you, you know, and it's such a fluid way of experiencing identity and experiencing gender. And um, yeah, I think it's super interesting that the, the, space the nft space has become so heavily enforced with profile picture projects and about identity in itself and just that's like almost like the root of transness is just like identification and you know how you portray yourself and how you want the world to really experience you and i think it's really like fascinating that's how like people desire that and they don't even realize it you know people desire people to perceive them in one very specific way and the way they want to portray themselves, you know? And I think identity isn't so much attached to like your physical form now. I think identity is more attached to your personality and, you know, how you choose to make your art and how you choose to, you know, curate your collection or make your profile pictures or just like what you're posting. It's like people have this massive perception of you just based on your online experience. Now, far, I think far and above away, just like seeing a random person on the street and being like, you know, you can't tell shit about somebody, but on the internet, it's so much more open and curated. Where do you think that uh, takes us in, in five, 10 years, you know, because that's something I'm obsessed with, right? I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with like bodies, transformation, like choosing and becoming identity and then creating and showcasing like imagination and subconscious as opposed to like being grounded in the things that we are um, and have like not much ability to change. So, you know, I, I want to believe that it leads to just like, you know, freedom and more expression and, uh, and, and just, I think it's transformative. And I think we're on the cusp of people like awakening to this, but where do you see this, this going, you know, on, in society at large? I feel like society is definitely shifting more to a state of acceptance for, you know, allowing people to be portrayed in the way they want to be portrayed or perceived. I think that the more we shift into this internet experience, the less people will, you know, the, the mass populace, I guess, we're going to move away from the Facebook era where you're just posting photos of yourself and more into being artistically expressed or, mm. you know, meeting friends through games, you know, like uh, Facebook VR type thing, or, um, you know, a lot more through, I guess, our personal expression rather than, yeah, just like the bodies that we're in. Cause honestly, people are just born, you know, they don't have any control over it. And I think it's a much, it's a beautiful thing that we're being, you know, more heavily perceived by the, in the ways that we want to be. I can see, society pushing a lot more towards that and honestly the only re really real resistance i see towards that is just in the older generation but that's just because they don't like understand it you know and they don't see how that's valid because they're so heavily involved in you know seeing a person and seeing who they are just based on what they look like and that's not a healthy way to to live anyways but also it like breeds like you know like racism and homophobia and transphobia you know in such an insane way 
And so let's tie it back to your art because so much of your art, <laughs> art deals with like robots and the idea of, um, you know, perhaps like imbuing the, the robot with a consciousness, um, whether it's like AI or machine learning or like the, the body of that robot and how that perhaps like duality between human and, you know, artificial intelligence or artificial body is informed yeah so a lot of my art is definitely about the full-on i guess like transformation into this like digital experience and it's more about the soul than it is about the body and i think that taking a like somebody's soul and imbuing it into a, a robot you, you see them as like a more pure form of just their soul because you don't see them for their skin and or like who they are in the physical world and um, a lot of my work also deals with the interaction between them and it kind of deals more in metaphors like one of my latest pieces which is i can still feel your touch which is my genesis on super rare it has it's uh, like a robotic spine and a bunch of um acupuncture needles into a, like a very fleshy back and i kind of it wasn't so much about injury or like uh, the medical process as it was like using technology to like, I guess, reinforce your, like support your vulnerabilities and like mm. use it to, I guess, um, get more in touch with who you are as a person and use it to like be a coping mechanism and as a way to connect with other people. And I really wanted to express that like really visceral feeling that you feel when i don't know it's 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 hard to really put my finger on but it's a very it's a very like private piece like i'm not sure i don't, I don't really it's, know how to quite describe it well yeah healing through connection in something that again is just very much grounded in this duality and right like i can yeah. still feel your touch it's very yeah. human you know to touch that that sensation yeah um but we, we're having those connections more and more online now, right? Yeah. And you don't necessarily even need to meet somebody to like feel the, the touch of their presence, of their being. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's an interesting, incredibly interesting inflection point as like, we must believe that AI and artificial, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence will begin to occupy more of these spaces. And we will not know, like perhaps, we're like falling in love online with a robot or a character in the metaverse that is not real. And like, mm -hmm. what does this mean when we have like been evolutionarily programmed to be one way, but we continue to augment more and more with technology? Um, Absolutely. And I think it shapes our personalities too. I mean, right. it, it does. You know, our, the, what we're intaking online influences our real world decisions, but also the technology literally holds our hands like think about on gmail now when you're when you're typing an email it predicts what you're gonna say you yeah. know and it's like did you is that you like would you have written that anyways or was that a an easier way of saying it to just press the right arrow you know and it fills it in it's like it's it's predicting your actions in a way that you don't even realize it's happening but also you're being controlled in a certain way and and this becoming this like almost symbiotic like 
communal parasitic relationship, right? Like you need the machine, the machine also needs you, you know, it needs users and it needs your interaction to like harvest your data and harvest your, the way you, the way you use the internet in order to like continue to build itself, you know? And if you don't mind, I'd like to read uh, the description from Icon of a New Future. For sure, yeah. Because I think it's incredibly relevant. And, and this is uh, your second piece on Super Rare, a 3D yeah. sculpture. Um, do you want to describe the piece quickly? And then I sure. Can so it. just the just like what it looks like, or yeah, yeah. yeah so what it, it looks it's, like yeah. So basically, I wanted the idea of like a David statue, except with um, instead of being like God's creation of the perfect being, it's like man's creation of the perfect being, but it's almost like we've become gods, I guess, in a certain sense where we can create these worlds that exist just on their own, you know? And um, I wanted it to be like a very like stoic figure and not trying to be any sort of like in inspire anything other than like, this is like, just like what we've made is this idea of like a digital identity like, more or less. And the description reads, this statue was erected to commemorate the birth of a new era of civilization where digital and physical identities have become completely interchangeable. One may now take any form they wish within this fractured utopia, free from the binds of their fleshly mortal coil. Go forth and craft your imaginations, which now hold equal footing with those built of steel and stone. The physical has been equaled by the buzzing currents. And I just love that. I love that. It's, it, it, it stands, right? It stands as that statue. And I think it was just like so purposeful, deep and intentional um, that it will sit in these metaverse spaces and like occupy that presence of our own becoming and this own like very unknown future. Um, and maybe, you know, what we haven't particularly touched on is perhaps like how do you think and feel that cryptocurrency like relates to this new system? Um, and if there is like something unique about the way that the speed of cryptocurrency kind of feeds into this digital culture and transhuman narrative. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I and think I, I'm, yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, sure. Um, I think crypto feeds into it in a way where it's, it's like, it's a, a currency based basically on everybody agreeing it's worth something. Right. And, you know, it's the same, it goes hand in hand with art, you know, art is only a certain value because everybody agrees it's a value. There's nothing intrinsically valuable about it. And then there's also, if you take a step back, there's also really nothing intrinsically value valuable about, um, anything you know like if you look at like any created object obviously this isn't counting for people but um i guess if you look at like a marxist theory the amount of like effort that goes into it is its value plus the you know rarity of the resources and everything but this kind of like circumvents that idea and it's almost i guess it stands more as like an art work in itself where it is a technology that does like function on its own and autonomously but also it's based purely on people believing in it. And I think that's something that's like really interesting because it is, it is so much like art in that way. I agree with that so much. It was, especially in the beginning, like very fun in its complete abstraction, right? Like here is a random JPEG, here is one Ethereum, let's flip it and see what happens. Yeah. 
And it didn't, it didn't particularly matter the numbers or, you know, all it was is just saying like, I am here. I see you. Like, I support you. Let's like cement this connection together. Um, Definitely. and you know, it's, it's more of like an implicit trust that in these like intertwined connections and in these permanent records of how we are connected and have interacted, like the, the network is formed and the network is more robust than like going through art school or like there's like a, a solid web of people instead of like individuals trying to climb up through something that feels perhaps like more random. Um, mm -hmm. I guess in a lot of ways, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but did you? No, go ahead, please. I guess in a lot of ways, that's really interesting way of looking at it because um, like the crypto sphere really, um, it really does value people connecting with your artwork a lot more than one person who's in a position of power, you know, saying that your artwork is worth something. Um, I think the, the, the communal valuing of something definitely increases its value in a far bigger sense than in the traditional art world. And for me, the, like the art certainly stands alongside the artist, but it's, it's really, for me, like that voice and message that that person is occupying and putting forward. And that's what I love so much about your art, right? Is it's, mm -hmm. it's very tied to, you know, your personal journey and what you wish to like bring and spread and like show people the, the, the destination that you see of where we want to go, both as like individual humans, but also in kind of this collective society. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, my art's very intertwined with where I am emotionally. Um, if you go back and look at each one of my pieces, it's definitely, I think that's true for all artists in a lot of ways, right? It's, it's we're so attached to our art and it is a piece of our soul that we're just letting go. And it is a therapeutic, you know, action in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, I'm completely tied to my art at this point. Like, I feel that if I didn't have my art, it just, I wouldn't have a, my soul you know it's it's so intertwined with me yeah do you want to um talk about like the little bits and pieces of your soul that you've given to people and like the certain perhaps like collectors on, along the way that have like supported or pivotal moments um are there some yeah. people you'd like to recognize for sure um I think one of the biggest ones has to be Kate at the beginning, right? Kate yeah. definitely picked up one of my very, very early pieces, which was quite similar to the icon of a new, of a new future in a lot of, in a lot of ways where it was about this like digital identity and sort of just like letting yourself like be immersed in it. Um, another one I would say is Robeck. Robeck was definitely one of my biggest collectors all through my foundation days. I think he bought 50% of my works. Amazing. Um, a lot of them were about this, they were kind of dealing more with online relationships and the idea of like loss and, and longing and um, like heartbreak in a lot of ways, which is another big theme of my crypto art journey was a really messy breakup I went through right as I was entering it. And um, yeah, my newest 
I guess on super rare, well, Erin's also been a huge influence in my art career. Like she's a 14 year old, but she's one of the smartest people I've ever met, you know, (laughs) and just the way that she can like, she's so silly, but she also has such a deep and understanding of art and like what it means to, I think she's so connected to art in her soul and the fact that she connects with my art really hard in that way. I, I have to give her a shout out for that. I thought it was the, the best thing in, in the world. People would tell me like, where do you get all your alpha? How do you know what to collect? And I'm like, there is a 14 year old girl that, like, <laughs> <laughs> that is like in the discord chats, like, you know, shoots me all the alpha and then I'm like there and like, She's, you know, she doesn't seem to be as active on, on the collector front as she used to be. And, and that's part of just like the active, brilliant mind. Um, but Aaron saw so much stuff before and ahead of me. And at a time where like I was tired, she was a wonderful resource to like lean into and see who really were the emerging artists. She just, for some reason, uh, that mind, it's... And, and this is for me something that's like so important and beautiful and it's for you as well. Like it, it's not necessarily for me at 33. I sit on this divide where like we got the internet when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Um, so I knew definitively what it was like before and I knew, uh, you know, and now I only know the world, of course, after it, but like, you rewind it 10 years, 15 years, you just only knew the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. So the way that people grow up through the internet, I did not grow up through the internet. Um, It's so fundamentally different and people are literally Mm -hmm. becoming wired differently because of the the machine that is constantly attached to them. Um, And that was just a roundabout way of saying Erin is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) She is. Yeah. She's one of the coolest people I know in the space. And she's one of my earliest supporters and earliest people like that group chat. Yeah. We both know the one that has been so crucial in just being in the space to me. Like, I don't know where I'd be without it, you know, and with Erin's friendship and, I don't know. That's why I think I attached my, like so hard to the New York trip was just like, it was where everybody finally met each other and these like insane connections that we've been building for like eight months, maybe more. Yeah. We, um, we all finally met and it was beautiful, you know? And let's like real quick shout out, uh, Deminti for that incredible event they hosted. Yeah, that was. That was pretty special. <laughs> Wasn't that so wild? I mean, we were like all up there in that apartment. Like, yeah. I know you were just like, you know, mad girl bossing up there on the couch. And I was just <laughs> like, like, everybody looks so good. It looks so natural. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool that I'd still tell my friends about that if I've just like given them like they're like tell me some cool stuff about crypto art. I'm like the first thing I talk about is that is that night like in, at the Minty. Yeah. You know? How do you see um, how do you see it coming together for crypto art and traditional arts? I think there will be well, people think of NFTs right now and crypto art as 
you know, board apes as the profile picture projects. And right. I think those will exist on their own. But I do think that the more high art, high art side of um, of the NFT world will kind of be taken into the same sort of sphere as the, you know, Sotheby's auction house sort of world, like the high, the fine art world. I can already see the two sides merging, right? Like, um, I mean, you see that with the Christie's auctions or with the Sotheby's auctions or even at Art Basel, you know, a lot of the, there is this merger and you can tell that the fine art world does not care about the profile picture projects and they want the art because it is just art in a different format, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the art that's really being elevated, I guess, to that level is art that is natively digital and it, it needs NFTs to exist in a, I guess, 100% valid and original way, right? Um, yeah, like, I mean, like secured, authenticated, recorded provenance. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because what would we what would we have before that? Like a TV that has like a video installation in it, or a print, or something that can be like lost and destroyed. And it's on a medium that isn't even like original. A lot of the a lot of the work that's making it to that world is natively digital, you know. So it wouldn't make sense to not have NFTs to go along with it. And then, of course, just like the the impossible preservation question, mm -hmm. you know, how do you continue to preserve and display? And uh, I I believe with you know decentralized storage and these solutions, there is a legitimate chance at exceptional longevity for the majority of these works, right? Mm -hmm. And we remember most of the works of antiquities, uh, perhaps not because they were great, but more perhaps because they survived. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's exciting to me to look back in, in 30, 40 years and just see yeah. the exceptional breadth of the space and kind of hopefully know that that everything has has survived and, and speaks to uh, what I truly believe is is revolutionary and new. Um, Definitely. And is a medium that is speaking to the speed at which culture is being like enacted and enabled and is incredibly just responsive to um, these these conversations that are happening quickly. Um, Definitely. Yeah, to that, I want to, I mean, there's so much we, we touched on. Um, maybe let's talk about what is next for you. I know you mentioned uh, a gallery show. Do you yeah. want to talk about that? <laughs> I, I guess I can because this isn't going to be published until afterwards. So I'll give a little bit of, yeah. I guess, post-future <laughs> alpha, but it's going to be already happened. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be in a gallery. It's an untold gallery, but it's happening at South by Southwest. So I got curated by Thank You X for this show. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm showing uh, a brand new piece for it as well, which will probably be posted within the next couple days at the time of recording. Um, and after that, around the same time is surgery time. So a lot of the next few months are going to be recovery and everything. But yeah, I'm very excited about that gallery. And I'm going to try to get into something for NFT NYC. So 
I think that's Super. kind of how the gallery scene works in, in crypto is you get called up like a week before it happens. It doesn't, <laughs> you don't really plan your events like three months in advance, you know? So yeah. I, have good, I have a good feeling that this will be a busy year full of galleries though, I hope. Yeah. Uh, maybe like last question and you know, if, if it's too personal, we don't have to, but you were, sure. yeah, you were so open and honest on Twitter about like, uh, this idea of stepping forward into surgery. And I think it ties back to your artwork. Uh, and I just want to like give you space to talk about that if that's something you'd like to share. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a way in which crypto and the NFT community more or less has sort of influenced my thought process around all this is a lot of our, our physical external self is for other people and how other people really you know see us and there is a, like a sense of where you, you want yourself to look a certain way just innately but i think a lot of our experience just as a person is based on how other people interact with you and i think that's massively parallel to how crypto works so i've been sort of thinking about this idea of like getting surgery that so drastically changes my face and my body in a way where it's almost not, it is for me, but it's not for me because I'm not looking like, I don't see myself from a third person. You know, I yeah. am in this body, but it's for like the, the, the visuals of me are for, or the, the, what's the word that everybody's using now? The, or whatever the perception of me is almost more so for other people so I've, been, I've definitely been thinking a lot more about the idea of like existing in the world and how if we didn't have mirrors and no way to see ourselves then we'd never know what we look like you mm -hmm. know but it's <laughs> maybe i'm rambling but no uh, no i think it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so parallel to how the the um like twitter and an online experience happens, right? And obviously a lot more visceral sense where it's every day, but is it really that different? Like changing your profile picture versus, you know, getting facial surgery, it's obviously a lot more painful and recovery and expensive, but it's practically the same thing in a lot of ways, you know? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll take it home. So again, like, thank cool. you, Claire Volstadt. Thank you. Like lots of love to you. Uh, I'm Colborn Bell, Museum of Crypto Art. Big thank you to Dementi for helping us produce this. And we'll see y'all next time. Breaking news.